We are back after a 10 or so day hiatus. Um, Eric Moss decided to take a vacation. The podcast life was too stressful for him, and uh, he just couldn't take it anymore, so he just had to dip. So that is the reasoning behind our uh, little vacation here. Yeah, you know, one podcast, I couldn't do it. Uh, I was crying after the podcast, so uh, I really had to take that one week vacation with the Dominican. Uh, it was nice, though. It was nice, though, but I'm happy to be back. And uh, you know what? We're... We're looking, we're looking forward to a pretty good podcast here today. So, you were dearly missed, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So let, let's kick this off. Um, uh, I know mostly we we are going to be talking about hockey, but uh, we are going to touch on a couple of other sporting topics, and one of them we're actually going to talk about today is uh, Jose Batista. So we're going to talk about his contract status with the Blue Jays, and uh, seeing as it's up. Uh, He's taken a hometown discount, really, for the past, the past what, five or six years since he's been there, and he clearly feels like he took a hometown discount. He's been playing for about $14 million a year, which for the production he's, like, for his production stats, like, it's been, that's a real good discount on Batista. Um, but he's, apparently, he's told management that he's going to give them his number, and if they're going to match it, great. If they don't match it, he's just going to walk into free agency and somebody else will pay him that. Which, you know what, he has every right to do, seeing as that's what free agency is there for. Um, but it just came out in the uh, media a couple days ago that uh, it was he had offered the Jays uh, five years, $150 million. And uh, I don't know if he's worth that, John. Like, how do you feel about that, Johnny? Um, yeah, I mean, well, five years, $150 million, That's a lot for any player. I don't care who you are. But if you're, it's tough. Because, yeah, he's been loyal to the organization, especially through the past few years where it's just it's been really tough. And they have they had high expectations and they really haven't met it until last season making the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think, like I said, it's a lot, but I think I would give it to him five years. He's going to be that he's going to be that veteran presence in the in the bullpen in the bullpen. Um, oh my god! In what is what's it called? In the dugout, dugout, clubhouse. He's gonna be that veteran presence in the dugout. Clubhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna say that. He's gonna be that veteran presence in the clubhouse. Um, and you know you've read articles. He takes a lot of pride in his conditioning, so I don't think it's gonna be. A five-year deal where he'll only be productive for two or two and a half seasons i think you know like if if he keeps up his work ethic and it doesn't seem like there'd be any reason for him not to that he can play it he can still play an effective role with the team and now is the time where they probably need him most because now the time where they're establishing themselves as a powerhouse in the division and in the league um so yeah, I mean, I think I think I would pay it to him. I think I would give him that money. See, I, I don't know if I'd give him that money. Like, you know, by the time he's his contract gets the last couple of years, he's going to be 39, 40 years old. Um, at that point, like, he's not... Even at this point, like, you know, his speed in the outfield, it's, it's 
not where it used to be. His arm's still great and everything out in the outfield, but, you know, he can't get to some of the balls that he used to be able to. So I can see in a, even in, like, two years him just being uh, put like put into a first baseman's role or uh, only playing DH. And, you know, what that really cuts is the value he offers to the team because the Jays, they currently have some pretty solid first base DH guys. Like, they got Encarnacion, who's in the same situation as Batista with their contracts being up at the end of this year. But they also also have some prospects down in the system who are just big guys who can't really do much other than hit, which that's your first base DH type guys. So he could be taking some of those guys away who would be very productive. Maybe not as productive as Batista in the majors, but uh, you know what, like still pretty productive guys, and he's taken away from that. So I don't know if he's worth what's that thirty. I don't know if he. I don't think he's worth one hundred and fifty over five. It's. I, and personally, if he was, if it was a lower number, like probably, I'd do three years, three years for 20, 25, I'd give him three years, but there's no way I'd give him five, no way, because by the last couple of years, he's, he's basically a DH first base type guy, and you know what, like, he can't really do much with him at that point, he might still be hitting enough, he's probably not going to be hitting 40, 40 homers like he is now. But even it's at that point, it's just not worth it. I, I don't feel like it's worth it. like the only really part I don't like about it is the five years. Well, if Edwin is coming up on his contract too, yeah, um, who would you rather give your money to? Because Batista's gonna, it, it's I'm sure it's around that ballpark that Batista is demanding around 150. And I don't think Edwin would demand that much. I don't think he can. Um, so if it came down to it, who would you rather let walk? Well, if I had the choice and money didn't matter, I'd. If money didn't matter, but I can only choose one of them, I'd obviously choose Batista. I don't know. He just he feels like he offers more to the team, like just as a leader with the team, and also like the whole community surrounding the team. He he adds more stuff for the Blue Jays as an organization than. Encarnacion does but the thing is though Batista he wants a long-term deal and that's what scares me about it like if Encarnacion because Encarnacion is that first base DH guy that Batista is going to end up turning into which kind of sucks because he has very little like positional uh, variability is not the word I'm looking for but um he can't play multiple positions so Batista still can do that but for over a five-year deal, like, he, he can't. I, that's the num- only number that scares me in that. Well, Edwin's 33, and he's making $9 million per year. Yeah. Um, Batista's asking for around, what, 20 to 30 per year? About 30. About 30. Um, and Edwin, if he's making nine now, you can think maybe he would bump that up to... What would you say? Maybe like fifteen, no, even fifteen. No, the numbers he's put up, he's gonna be bumping it up to about twenty five, twenty six. Probably. He's not. He's not. He can't. There's no way he can ask yeah, for the same money as Batista. Yeah, he can. When he signed that deal, he wasn't the type of player he is now. He doesn't. He didn't have the track record. Like he did have like a. People thought he could do it at some point, but he just couldn't put it all together. And after he signed that deal, he had only done it for a little bit. You know, he took a pay cut just so that he could get the, get the deal there with the Blue Jays. Um. But then he's done it for so long now that he can demand more. 
But then, like you said, he's only... He's not a one-dimensional player, but yeah, he is he, only really being used as a DH, sometimes as an base, infielder. Yeah, I bet he's rarely used as an infielder anymore. Like, the Jays had... The Jays have Colabello now. Like, he can play first about equally, or if not better, than uh, Encarnacion. He can obviously get to more balls than Encarnacion would, uh, just defensively. So, I feel like Encarnacion's... He's a one. He's one dimensional. He's just a DH now at this point for the Blue Jays. So all he's being, all he's doing is hitting. It's if he's asking for a short term deal at 20, 20 something, I'd be inclined to do it. Like if it was two year deal or two or three year deal, I'd probably do it. But uh, past that, with both players, past the three year deal, I'm not. I don't want to do anything with them. It's it sucks because you know what you're in the you're in the prime. Prime years to actually, like with the Blue Jays, prime years to uh, win some championships. But with the money you'd save in those, you could you could reallocate those to other, like trading for somebody else or uh, signing another free agent. Who most free agent de- most free agent deals aren't great deals, but I don't know. I just don't feel like what Batista's asking for is uh, can be you like done with, to keep the Blue Jays. Um, as contenders. So do you think that this contract talk can potentially come back and bite the Blue Jays? Do you think this will be something that Batista and the entire organization will be concerned about throughout the entire season? You know, a la Steven Stamkos, this contract situation has obviously been discussed throughout the entire season, and that's the complete opposite of what they wanted to do last summer. So do you think this can potentially not mess up the locker room, but, you know, kind of cause some rumblings about, you know, is Batista going to sign? Isn't he? Where are we going to be in a couple of years? Where are we going to be next season? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think it, it might be it might do that because, like, you know what? They play 162 games, right? They're playing every single day. So the media is with them every single day. Like in a hockey, in hockey, the media is with them probably five or six days a week but you know you do get a break every once in a blue moon um but with baseball it's you have the media surrounding you every single day for like six months a year right so i do feel like stuff's gonna be made of like little things he does around the locker room that most people if there wasn't this contract if his contract wasn't coming up nobody would pay anything any attention to but i think People are going to pay attention to little small things that happen, and it's it's going to get blown away out of proportion if they don't figure it out soon. You know what? Like, come to a decision, yes or no. And I know both Encarnacion and Batista have said that they don't want to discuss contracts during the season. They want to get it either a contract done before the season starts or just basically play for the Jays one last season and become free agents. Um, so basically, as long as they do that, sign the guy or don't sign the guy, but maybe it's just going to look bad on the organization as a whole if there's a bunch of talks circulating that all oh, Batista's not trying because he doesn't want to doesn't want to play here anymore. Like all that stuff, it's just going to look bad on the whole organization and for future players that might want to come to the city. See, so do you think it was wise for Batista to come out right on the first day of spring training and say, "Yeah, these are the demands I gave them. They're going to meet it. Or they're not going to meet it. Uh, you know, I'll either be here next year or I'm going to walk away." Do you think? That was wise, or do you think he should he should have kept it hush hush? You know, it'll, the contract situation will play itself out. 
I'm not going to talk about it throughout the course of the season. Well, you know, you know what? Like from his position and getting his actual contract done, it was a great point because he's either going to get paid what the Jays wanted to pay because the Jays management's been like they've been getting ripped apart by the not just the media but by fans just for the things they've done as soon as they came in. Most of it hasn't been warranted, but like fans. Most of the stuff they say isn't warranted anyways. It's what they feel, and that's the point of being a fan. You say what you feel, and the Jays fans have just been ripping this new management and new ones. So, Batista's putting him in a hard place to be. He's saying, you know what, do the deal with me. I'm a fan favorite here. Um, you're either going to give me this money or I'm just going to walk, and you're, you guys are going to look horrible yet again. The fans are just going to revolt on management here, and it's just going to it's going to get ugly before it gets better if they don't sign Batista. Mostly Batista, like they can, I think the fans can get by without having Encarnacion because Batista is more of the fan favorite than Encarnacion. There are people do like Encarnacion, but I feel like he's taken for granted. But Batista's Batista, he people know what they got in him, and if we if we lose him, uh, it would really suck. Well, yeah, he's been the face of the franchise since essentially since he's came to Toronto, right? So yeah, after yeah. the second year he was here, he basically did become the face of the franchise. So. All right, so uh, we're going to segue back into some hockey tack. Um, we're just going to keep it in Toronto. We're going to talk about some of the moves that the Leafs have made over the past couple days, being pretty active right before the trade deadline, uh, which will be next Monday, actually, right? Uh, yeah. 29th, yeah. A, week, a week yesterday. Yeah. So quickly approaching, um, it hasn't been too loud, you know, there's been some minor deals here and there, but the league's been fairly quiet. Um, so Toronto trading, the most recent one, Roman Polak and Nick Spalling to San Jose for two second-round picks and Rafi Torres, who will be staying in San Antonio in the AHL with San Jose. Um, so what do you think? what do you think of the deal? You know, who won this trade in your opinion? Yeah, so you know what I feel like uh, both teams actually can both teams win a trade, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know what they both they're both achieving what they want at this time, right? Like the Leafs are blowing up their entire franchise, but um, they're getting their draft picks. You know what they got twelve in this year's draft. They got a, both these picks in this draft are for future years for seventeen, and then the second one's for eighteen. So you know what they're just loading up on all these picks. And you know what with San Jose they get. You know what, they get a defenseman out of it. You get Roman Polak, add some more veteran presence to their D. Like, you know what, you got uh, Vlasic and Braun, you got Brent Burns and Martin, and you got uh, Matt Tennyson and De- uh, Dylan DeMello. You know what, they're two young guys. So, you know what, you can basically toss Polak in there. You know, he plays, he's a hard-nosed guy, he plays PK. And you know what, he's a, he's a from every, everything you hear about him, he's a pretty good guy, so... Um, you know, it adds some grit to their team. And, you know, I feel like it helps them out. You know what, they, they've they sucked in the playoffs. They can never get past, like, the first round or two. So, you know, hopefully getting him can help them out with getting, hopefully going on a playoff push. I don't know. I don't think their team's good enough to have a deep playoff push. But, you know what, uh, having some sort of playoff push, you know, it would be good for them. Yeah, see, I, no, I don't agree at all. Um I don't think Roman Polak and Nick Spalling are going to help you win a Stanley Cup. Well, I don't you, think they're going to. They're they're not going to be a great. They're not going to win your 
win any like MVP trophies, but like you know what, they could be good. They could be good role players. I guess, but I mean, where's Spalling gonna fit in that lineup? I find it because they're gonna go there now. I guarantee you by before by now in the end of the season, one of those guys, if not both of them, will be healthy scratches by the time the season's over. I think they overpaid way too much. You're essentially giving a second round pick for Polak and then another second round pick for Spalling. Spalling's done nothing for the Leafs all year. I think he just he scored his first goal. I don't think it was against Philadelphia, but it was the game or two before that as a Leaf, and it's just like, holy smokes, you know? What? Well, kudos to Lou Lamorello for pulling that trade yeah. off because, holy, I don't know. Like, what more would you want from that? The next best thing would be a first-round pick for Roman Polak and Nick Spalling. That's crazy. I don't know. I think they overpaid way too much. I don't think that Polak and Spalling are going to... Although help them that much. Spalling could fit in, um, you know, playing fourth line guy and some PK. Like first off, I didn't know Dana Zubris was still playing. Like I seriously thought the guy retired like five years ago. So that's great news. Still when going strong. Way checking go, out Dana's. their roster, seeing that he's still playing. That's great. Great for the old guys of the league. Um, but seriously, I I don't think the guy can hold up for a full season. But whatever. Um, basically, you know, he fits in on the. He'd play some fourth line. Minutes for him, and you know, it fills in on the PK for him, and you know what? They're basic. They're just role players at this point, and two first round draft picks isn't a good price to give up for him. But hey, you know what? Second round draft picks. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, two seconds isn't. That's a lot to give up for him. But you know what? You got Rafi Torres off your team, so. Well, he's in the minors anyway. He was, he's not really. No, you know, I know. Like he's, but I don't know. He's he, not. He's not part of your organization. This anymore. is kind of weird how this stuff is working, eh? Because the Leafs did the same thing with Frat, and they traded him to Ottawa, but they're keeping him in the minors. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but like, this is the first time I've seen this since I've been watching hockey. Some, however, twenty something years ago, and like it's just happened like the past couple of weeks where players are getting traded, but they're still staying with their former team. I don't really get it. Yeah. I don't know how that works. It's well, you basically because. You can be, like, guys from the ECHL get called up to the AHL, um, and they're basically just playing for, like, you have people in one organization, like the Montreal Canadiens organization, get called up to a completely different organization's AHL team, um, even though they haven't signed a contract with Montreal, so it's completely legit, but it does happen in, happen in different levels, right? So it's... Uh, I don't know, really, but I haven't really seen it happen at this at the NHL AHL level for ever since before this year, really. So, so, uh, what are the chances that San Jose is going to sign both Spalling and Polak at the end of the season? They're both going to be UFAs. Are you going to give up two second round picks for UFAs who will be in your organization for a couple months? Um, you're hoping they can, you know, I guess help you make a deep playoff push but i don't know i just think it's crazy i don't know yeah, yeah. why that deal was made and and like, like i said spalling yeah probably a fourth line he's gonna be a probably a fourth line player i bet you he'll be a healthy scratch eventually and the same with polak he's gonna be a five six guy maybe a seventh i can no, see him sticking in the a... lineup yeah because he has that grit and apparently he's good in the locker room but still like and he holy. gave up a second round pick for him so you kind of have to keep him in the lineup <laughs> yeah see i it's just one of those trades where i think it's just gonna come back and bite you in the butt because like you know 
that's just two second round picks. That's brutal. Yeah, like I probably I probably wouldn't even gave up one second round pick. <laughs> Maybe one. I'm like totally I don't know. Sw- I'm totally switching my opinion on this one. It's <laughs> from the start. I thought you know what, Sam was like, you got something that would help him out for for the playoffs, but in all reality, you're giving up a lot for. It's very short term like gains here. They're giving up long term, long term stuff for it. So, yeah, it's that's a deep price to pay. I don't, I, Lamorello, I don't. They should, they should give him a pay raise already. <laughs> like the guy is just, like these. Mind you, these second round picks. It's in all reality, it's just a pick right now. You could pick uh, Joe Blow, and he could completely just burn out after a year, right? So, but it is the chance that you know what he. This kid might be a top six guy, right? So, it's it's a steep price to pay, and uh, Lamorello should get all the credit for you know pulling that trade off and the whole scouting staff with the uh, Leafs. But yeah, I don't know who's making the trades on San Jose's end, but wow, <laughs> I did it! I did it, guys! I won an argument. Yeah, I, we're we're gonna have to start keeping track of who who can change each other's mind. Yeah, at this point, this argument I took the wrong side. One That's, nothing. That was just undefeated. I give up. I give up. He's that was done. bad. I couldn't defend this side of the argument. He, he's going on vacation again. This was just yeah, I think I need another one. This was brutal compared to the first one. Yeah, Cuba this time. Oh, okay. He's going to change it up. Um No, see what I think would be more appropriate was delete was the move the Leafs made for with Sean Mathias. First of all, I think Sean Mathias is uh, I I don't even know so much better than Spalling. Yeah, he's been playing decent all year. You know, well, it's the Leafs. You can't say that anyone's going to be playing great or even good because you're playing essentially with an AHL team. Hey, Leo Komarov, guys, before that elbow to the face, you know he's been pretty good. He's an all star. An all star. Wow, good for him. Um. <laughs> But you know, Sean Mathias got moved for a prospect and a fourth round pick. Yeah, and like now now that you point that that trade out too, um that was a great trade with San Jose for the Leafs. <laughs> like Sean Mathias is I yeah, Sean Mathias is better than Nick Spalling. And this Colin Smith guy I don't know much about him. I, I just read a couple of reports, but he's like an undersized energy type guy. You know, he'd had a hundred and six point season his last year in junior on the WHL. But, yeah, you know what? Two second-round picks in Rafi Torres is definitely more than Colin Smith Colin Smith in a fourth. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, Colorado's pretty much... Uh, they're close in the standings with San Jose, so it's not like... Well, they're in two different... Uh, no, it doesn't... Well, things, but. Yeah, of course, but it doesn't matter when it comes to draft time, you know? Like, yeah. the picks are going to be around the, the same area. Yeah. Well... Actually, well, second and fourth. Yeah, second and fourth is Colorado's. Uh, I believe it's uh, this year's. Colorado's pick. Yeah, I believe it is. It's this year's fourth. So, assuming you know San Jose is going to make the playoffs again next year, it'll probably be around the same area. And Colorado got two rounds better of a deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's wacky. I'm having a hard time really believing it. But good for Lou. <laughs> He's pulling his weight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what that like that shows the uh, like because there's a salary cap on your players, right? But in your front office staff, there's no salary cap, right? You can spend whatever you want on whoever you want, really, right? So I think you that, can do that with a cap too, but like like 
the Le- the Leafs did that with Clarkson, right? They paid him a whole ton of money for. <laughs> yeah, jeez, but Clarkson, <laughs> holy. Yeah, but like, it it is showing that you know rebuilding the front office like the Leafs have done, like that's, it's crazy because it's clear it's showing already that, like they haven't gotten to the like a draft, like the draft this year is gonna be big for them just because you got your all your all your front office guys there. Everyone's established but, in the front office right now. Exactly, exactly. Um, but but like, see, I don't know why they hadn't done this sooner. Like, you know, the Leafs are mean? one of the richest franchises in all of sport. So for them, just suddenly now, or the past couple years, to start thinking, oh, we should probably play our front office staff, because it's not like it counts toward any cap hit. You know, like, yeah, you're going to pay Babcock $60 million for eight years, because it's going to help you win. You know, why would you not pay him that money? You have it. It's not like it's going to hurt you in any way. Yeah, but our, the thing is, though, from a business standpoint, will it, by signing him to a $60 million deal, are you going to be making... Eight years, sorry for Babcock, not six. By signing by, by signing him to that huge deal, are you going to uh, be making triple that back in revenue? like, Or are you barely going to be breaking even on that? But if you didn't sign him to that, would you be making even more just based on... Because, like... No, no company's gonna want to drop like eighty million dollars on somebody. His then, salary's not what eight, eight for sixty, I believe it was. Um, but like, come on, that's not gonna even put a dent in Toronto's. Well, no, you know, it does. Pockets. Though. That's that's, that's sixty million dollars. Yeah, and they're like a billion dollar franchise. That's Still pocket 60, change. Well, that's like having a thousand dollars and losing what sixty bucks. Yeah, no, nice try though. Go back on vacation, but yeah. um, still no. Like, come on, you're not. You're just gonna, you're just gonna continue to be a losing franchise and a laughing stock of the league just because, just because you don't want to spend the money. Like, what's the? You have the money. What's it gonna do? You're just gonna keep it there and say, oh, look at how much money we have, but you're not gonna spend it. You gotta spend money to make money. Yeah, I know, but you gotta also see the, the return on it. And if you can't, see return the... can be a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but is yeah no, it could be. But are the owners really invested in bringing that in, or do the owners really just want to make money? Well, yeah, they probably just want to make money. Yeah. But I mean, if you're running a sport franchise, you're not just going to say, "No, we're going to make money. We don't really care about whether we win or lose," because you know you can't just rely on the Toronto fans to just keep forking over thousands of dollars. They've been doing that for the past fifty years. I know, but you know. If they don't see change, if it's just a constant bottom five finish and no one comes out and says, oh, we're going to be better, don't worry, we're going to start a rebuild. If no one says that and you're continuously finishing bottom five, getting these high picks and still nothing's happening, what's the point? Why are people going to pay to watch you? I think I think we saw some of that last year, especially near the end of the season where people are just giving up. No one's going to go to a Leaf game, and even especially this year, actually. No one's going to go to a Leaf game to watch them right now. Why would you? Yeah, although the corporate's still gonna be there, it's still because it's a thing to do. Although it might change, like you know what, like if the fans stop going, might not be it's might not be the exact like the thing to do. But I don't think they'll stop going. No, but you know I'm just saying you run that risk if you don't ever come out and say we're gonna be better. If you don't, you know, get the best guys at a free agency or hire the top front office exactly. staff executives yeah whatever but yeah i mean the rebuild is obviously in full force in toronto and um 
I think that's what everyone wants to see. I think everyone's being patient this year because, well, and for future years, because I know, I think that they know that the future is going to be good if we can keep this up. You know what I mean? So uh, we're just going to wrap it up there. We are going to try and do about two or three shows a week. We'll see how it goes, depending on our schedule. Hopefully we're not too busy. Uh, Two minimum, though, we'll definitely be throwing out a week. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays is what we're going to aim for. So we will see you again on Friday. Any last words, Eric Moss? Because who knows if he'll be around. He might go on vacation again. Yeah, I think I might leave him vacation on Thursday. I'm actually going up to Brampton on Thursday, so um, that reminds me. Um, this Sunday, February 28th. You're, you're not making a sales pitch <laughs> on this show, you idiot. <laughs> okay, see you guys um, on Friday. See you later. We plan